Hey, it's Kelly. Before we dive into today's show, I have some really exciting news to share with you. Thrive is brought to you now by Workamajig. If you've never heard of Workamajig or has no idea what it is or what it does, uh, let me tell you. So Workamajig is the number one creative agency management software. And what that means is I'm probably betting that you've got a bunch of different pieces of disparate software. So something for your time tracking, something for project management, uh, your CRM system, accounting, invoicing, estimating. You probably have some Excel spreadsheets floating around somewhere. We all did, right? At some point in owning our agency, things got a little messy. So Workamajig solves that problem by centralizing everything across the entire operations of a creative agency so that there's transparency, there's higher profitability, um, and it really just creates a more productive uh, and just overall healthier environment for an agency. So if you're considering at all um, kind of centralizing some of those systems that you have all over the place right now, you might be interested in a demo of Workamajig. So you can check that out at thrive.workamajig.com. That's also where a lot of the show notes will be and all of the episodes from here on in. Um, they'll also be at agencyscaler.com, but if you're interested in a demo and you wanna learn a little bit more about the, the software itself, check it out, thrive.workamajig.com. Let's dive into the show. So what is compassionate management? Today, I'm really excited to have Rena DeLevy on the show. She's the founder of Management for Millennials. She's a TEDx presenter, and she also has a brand new book called Compassionate Management, How Ambitious Creatives Become Kick-Ass Leaders. There's the book. Awesome. <laughs> um, Rena, so good to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to be here and congratulations on the sponsorship. Workamajig, I know from my own experience, is an awesome product. And Ron, the owner, is just a, a honey of a man. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited for you. Oh, thank you so much. We're actually both parties are are super excited. Um, I think it's such an ideal fit uh, on both sides. And they're really an incredible partner because I think they really embrace the fact that these are organic and really valuable conversations. And they just you know, really allow me to have that creative freedom. So I'm really excited about it too. And thank you for that. So let's dive in. Um, All right. I think, you know, I've obviously heard your story before and seen the, the TEDx talk, um, but I think it would be really helpful for the agency leaders who are watching and listening to kind of get that foundation and really understand what led you to this concept of compassionate management. Right. Sort of an oxymoron. Yes. To yes. A lot of people. Yes. Um, and a lot of people feel that compassion has no place in the office and that it's sort of kumbaya, crystals, group hug, um, <laughs> which it can be at times, but not, it's not appropriate in the workplace setting. So in the workplace, it's, um, it's a coexisting truth, which is one of the tools I teach, which is compassion and accountability, because you still need to get stuff done. You know, um, the reason I created compassionate management was because I was pooped on for about 20 years, <laughs> um, with what I call fear-based management. Uh, I don't think I created the term fear-based management, but I really don't know. What I do know is when I use that phrase with pretty much anybody in any industry, um, they go, oh my God, that's what I've been experiencing. Right. Um, the sort of threatening, favoritism, you know, the ugly behavior that's in most uh, offices. Um, and with creatives in particular, because I, I am one, I went to art school, I have a BFA, graphic design, art direction, I was an art director in advertising, and then 
uh, graphic design in um, in retail for the most part, fashion retail. Then I moved into management. And once I was in the position of management, I was very effective at getting stuff done, you know? And I realized after 9-11 happened, I sort of, I had just begun doing mindfulness meditation and, and, and mindfulness studying some Buddhism and, and mindfulness. And I realized, oh my God, if God forbid I had been on one of those planes, what would I be thinking? Like, yay, I bullied people until I rose to the top, you know? And I had this realization that I was, I was kind of a bully. And it's so not natural for me to be a bully. So I'd been, I'd been play acting because that's right. what I had been taught that you needed to be that certain way to succeed. And in order to so, get people to... To get, get work stuff done, done. And, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, I certainly responded when I was managed with fear. You know, I was like, "Jump like a bunny! What do you need me to do? I'll do it." Right. Um, and that's how I rose up the ranks. So after nine eleven, I I was sitting there meditating, and I thought, which you know, you're you're trying not to do when you're meditating, <laughs> but it happens anyway. Right. Um, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this world? You know, if I. It, who knows how much time I have left? Who do I want to be? And I decided, screw it. I'm just going to show up fully as me, mm -hmm. which means sensitive, empathetic, and intense. So sensitive and empathetic, not really welcome in the workspace. Right. But I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm, I'm a creative, I'm a I'm 50 creative, 50 business brain, and I'm just going to show up as me and see what happens. And I remember the first time I approached someone in my team, and I was I was managing about um, 80 people or so at the time. I was head of creative operations at a fashion retail company, and it was tense because 9/11 happened. We were, you know, downsizing, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Um, and I walked up to someone and I, and I said, "How may I help you?" And they were like, "What?" Because <laughs> <laughs> before I'd been like, "Is it done? Is it done?" You know. Right. Um, and so things started shifting and we started to trust each other and, uh, they felt seen, heard and understood, which then meant that I could have my own experience and feel seen, heard and understood, which is the universal desire. Right. I don't care what age, what ethnicity, what sexuality, what gender, what religion, name a category. We all want to be seen, heard and understood. Yeah, human. Human. We don't have to be agreed with. Right. You don't have to agree with me. I do want you to hear what I'm saying. Right. And then we can come to a, a compromise. Then we can come to a solution. So the more I started to do this, uh, how may I help you thing, um, that was became one of my nicknames, which was so much nicer than my older nickname. <laughs> I don't think we can say that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I was happier. I mean, I was just plain happier in my life. And frankly, I got more out of the team. There's just no question about it. It was much more productive. Mm -hmm. um, and so the culture began to shift uh, in our department. Um, and the culture had already been a somewhat nurturing culture, except after 9-11, it became cutthroat, you know, which is natural. Right. So the question is, can you maintain compassion for the other even in times of stress, because when it's wonderful, you're like, oh, yeah, I hear you. Oh, yeah, that's great. When it becomes really tense, you're like, I got to keep my job, right. you know, and you get territorial. So 
it was, you know, trial by fire of really can, can I maintain this compassion for people and can I show them the way? Um, and then I began codifying it and writing it down because I thought this is really effective and I'm loving this. Right. And because who I am in my deepest knowing is people and process. And the two have to work together simultaneously in order to have a most effective business, right. whether it's the business of your, your division within a huge company or the company itself. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my spiel. Yeah, cool. And what you're talking about is not just specific to an in-house team at a, at a brand. It's also for, you know, privately held agencies. Right? Absolutely. So there's no difference. It's, Especially. It's, <laughs> right. Because, because at, a, at a privately held agency, there is that much more tension of losing the account, gaining that account, working extra hours. The pace is, is usually far more intense than an in-house department. Right. Absolutely. Right. So um, what are some of the commonalities, like in your work with agencies, what are some of the common issues that you see between um, the creative teams, the account teams? What are some of the communication issues? I mean, that could be a whole show in and of itself. Right. But what are like the, let's say like the top one um, or, or the, the just like the top common um, issues yeah. that you say? So trust is screamingly urgent because the create, and I'm going to stereotype a little bit here. Okay. The creative brain is quite an inner iterative brain. We, we go off, we, we are comfortable with abstract, we can live in the vague and then take typography and color and space and make something happen. Mm -hmm. um, the account or project manager brain is much more linear. These are, the, the iterative and the linear are what make people good at these jobs. Mm -hmm. These are their strengths. It also limits the ability, it's two completely different languages. Right. So how to connect and be able to communicate the abstract with somebody who probably doesn't get abstract, right. um, while also meeting the bottom line, pleasing the outside client whose you know, nephew's niece wants to do the photography. You know what I mean? Like there's all these layers of agenda going on. I asked my wife and she said, make the logo bigger. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That was my favorite one ever. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember being an art director and uh, literally the client said, my nephew wants to do the photography. And we all were like, okay. Okay. You know, we couldn't even say, did your nephew even study photography? <laughs> you know, we, is he going to use a, a real camera? There was no option. This was a huge agency. Right. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of kind of, uh, sucking it up in a way. Um, at the same time, who wants to be grumpy all day long at the office, you know? So again, that trust comes from, I'm going to say it again, being seen and heard and understood. So, so what I've seen happen, can I go into some examples? Absolutely. Okay. So what I've seen happen is. Um, the idea of compassionate management is not to replace your entire culture and your whole approach to management. It layers into what you already have. Okay. And it is a series of 10 tools that you already have. Everybody has it. It's just, it's inside you. You're just not really perhaps in touch with each of them. And so it's not rocket science. You, you can read a little bit and then just start trying it. 
Um, and so the idea is once people started to pay attention to um, the idea that even that, that jerk in, in account management who's always pushing me to make it purple um, has an agenda, you know, and it's, and it's not just the agenda to make sure that the mortgage is paid, you know, that he keeps his job, but also he really wants to do good work and, and to stay on strategy, um, you know, purple is the royal, like whatever, you know, whatever yeah. the thinking. So the, once they started um, really trying out the methodology and weaving it into what they were doing, and it's got it's got a hint of Buddhism without being, you know, any sort of cultish thing mm -hmm. of take that pause, just pause. And, and in Buddhism, it's called the Buddhist pause, where you just, huh, what's she going through? Why is she reacting so strongly to this? How can I not take this personally? Or what's driving what's, that decision? That's right. right. Um, because with, with creatives, we almost, I would say, pretty much never get management training. We are taught how to design, right. how to, you know, how to take the abstract and make it tangible, you know, all of that. And it's wonderful and we love it. Okay. But then we're thrust into an office and how many of us, myself included, were promoted because you did a good job. Yep. Um, and then suddenly you're responsible for all these other creatives and you're like, uh, I don't know how to handle it. And then you have to give interpersonal feedback and creative feedback, terrifying. I can't tell you how many times I messed up on creative feedback and interpersonal, but creative because I, in the beginning, would thrust my own agenda. And that's the opposite of what you need to do. You're out of it, you know, is it on strategy? And so learning the idea of, of uh, not taking it personally and, and really um, making sure the other person feels seen is, is the key. Right. Okay. Um, so do you want to go into sharing like a, a specific example where you saw like a really dramatic impact of your consulting work um, with a, a particular manager or a particular agency or something like that? Sure. Um, so uh, one very exciting uh, example was the, uh, the COO brought me in and he said, look, uh, you know, we've got these two managers. They're they're so talented, but they cannot get out of their own way. Okay. And you got to you got to do something with them because they're flailing and I don't want to have to fire them, but I got to we got to do something. So I said, OK, you know, how big is the team? And he said, it's about 20 people. And I said, all right. So we don't want to highlight that these two are going to have management coaching. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that I come in for six hours one day a week. You stick me in an office. Or, or a closet, a coffice, as it were. Um, and, uh, and for one hour, after an hour, for six hours, I will coach six different people. And you, will, you can announce it as anybody can go, but these two people know that they have to go. But nobody else knows that. Nobody else knew that. So this happened every week, and, and it was cross-departmental, so it was creative, it was account, it was product, it was, it was just because two people signed up regularly every week mm -hmm. and other people just kept signing up. Mm -hmm. So I basically 
ended up coaching almost, well, I would say the entire, I mean, even the CEO at times was like, you know, I talk to you. Um, and so coaching this cross-departmental, cross-function, cross-age, cross-gender, um, cross-everything, uh, yeah, I mean, cross-everything. I can't think of anything that wasn't included. Um, after about, I'd say, three months, because I ended up being there for two and a half years, but um, after about three months, it was this, people started collaborating, they started talking more, there was, there had been yelling and, you know, stomping out and storming and all of that. I mean, if you, if you think about it stereotypically, and I include myself in this, creatives, we're passionate folk, you know, <laughs> and we, we take things seriously, and we yeah. take it to heart, and um, we can get a little feisty, you know? Uh, we're sensitive, which is one of our greatest gifts. It's what enables us to do the good work that we do. Right. So um, things kind of started to simmer and balance. And that's why they kept me on. They were like, listen, this is going great. We want, And the company was growing. We want to keep growing. We want to hire more. We want to add more. And we want you to stay and keep. So it evolved over time to become this seriously... Um, a collaborative environment. Of course, there were still, you know, moments where a client would do something that would make people unhappy and then they'd get a little backstabby. And then it would be the day I come in and we would talk about it and we would address it from all different perspectives. Right. And while I never said, well, Susie said half an hour ago, I did help each person see yeah. the other people's agendas. Right. Right. Um, and, and as an outside consultant, there's this inherent um accountability because i'm not the boss so i don't have my own agenda at heart right because when i was a boss there's no question as as much as i could try to manage with compassion i also had my own agenda which was to keep my job right. you know and so that's a very natural and appropriate experience right. so the the coaching doesn't replace the management managey relationship it's this added support and and objective accountability right okay um now for the agency leaders who are watching or listening um that have pretty serious issues when it comes to this all the things that you've kind of touched upon um, throughout our conversation today and that's leading directly to loss of profit how can they begin to to think a little bit differently like what would they need to do to start um just reimagining this this concept of compassion and management. Um, the fastest way to do it is to go home, think about who you really want to be, and then show up fully. Okay. And if your immediate thought is, "Well, that'll never fly in my company," then you got to really think it through because what's happening now is not flying. <laughs> so something's got to give. So what is it going to be? And if it's going to be you really taking a chance and going for it then go for it, you know, and really show up. Um, one thing I really want to say is when I say show up, I mean with compassion and accountability. So something's due tomorrow at three, right? And so today you go over and you say, Hey, um, uh, do you have everything you need to get this done by three o'clock tomorrow? Uh, you see my tone of voice, yes. the look on my face, my body language. I'm not going, are you going to have it? And I'm not going, you're going to have it, right? So right in the middle. It's the middle, right. Right in the middle is, 
hey, do you have everything you need to get it done by three o'clock tomorrow? There's the compassion yep. and the accountability. Yep. No, I don't. I still never got the copy. Let me get that for you. Next time, it would be great if we could talk about that, if you could come to me in advance, because then I could have more time to get it. Right. I'm on it. Now, if that happened, you get the information and you say, do you have everything you need? It's going to be done by three. Fabulous. Now, if it's not done by three, then you've got a bigger issue. And then you, then you dive more deeply into it. But it's the same approach, even through coaching and counseling. What's actually going on here? You said if I got you the copy, you'd have it done by three. What's right. actually going on here? In other words, the thread is I want to actually see what's going on with you. I want to understand what's going on here. Not to the point where you're going to tell me about your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your, right, you know, still a line. There's, it's an appropriate. Yeah. We're talking about work. This is a work-related, appropriate conversation. Yes. What's going on here? Right. With the coaching and counseling, I really want to emphasize the coaching and the counseling, and this is something you can say outright verbatim to your employees or your staff or your uh, team, whatever language you choose. I like team. I do also. <laughs> um, this feedback is to help you succeed in this job, in this company right now. This is not about changing who you are. Right. You are who you are. And... You need to get it done when the deadline is. That's not negotiable. Right. So you see, it's a separation yes. from the personal to the this is about work. But when people say it's not personal, it's business, just get it done. They, they think that business means being a jerk and personal means being nice. It's inaccurate. Right. There's a happy medium. It doesn't have to be that dichotomy. That's right. Yeah. Well, this has been a really interesting and engaging conversation. Um, I'm going to post all the links to uh, your website and certainly where people can find the book online as well. And great. I just really want to thank you for, for joining me today. It was great. Thank you so much, Kelly. Love your show. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.